630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Well, lots of storylines brewing out of Edmonton Oilers camp today as they hit the ice for the first time. But first, some breaking news from this afternoon. The Toronto Maple Leafs locking up restricted free agent forward Mitch Marner. It is a six-year contract worth $10.89 million average annual value. 10.89 cap hit per season. He had 94 points in 82 games last season has 224 in 241 career games here is what is interesting about this the Toronto Maple Leafs now have three of the seven highest paid players in the league when you look at their annual cap hit here are the top seven from seven up to one Marner at number seven, 10.89. Drew Doughty and John Tavares. Tavares also of the Leafs. They are at 11 even. Eric Carlson of the San Jose Sharks, 11.5 million per year. Austin Matthews of the Leafs, third highest paid player per year, $11.63 million. Artemi Panarin, 11.64 and the highest paid player in the National Hockey League of course your captain the one and only Connor McDavid so it is Mitch Marner locking up with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs still some uh, RFAs out there obviously hoping to get deals done with their teams we uh, talked a little bit about the Winnipeg Jets last night they have Line a and Connor hanging around uh, Brock Besser in Vancouver is a storyline there Andrew Walker from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver will hop on a little bit later on tonight we're going to get to uh, some clips from Connor McDavid and Dave Tippett right away. We will give you the off-topic topic tonight. It is Friday the 13th. It happens once or twice a year. This freaks some people out. I think that's the Halloween theme, Kellen. No, that's Jason, isn't it? I, I'm pretty sure you just did Halloween. Oh, okay. Yeah, feel free to double-check it. I, I think that was Friday the... Th- I think that was Halloween, what you just did. Ah, you can play the Halloween theme when you when you get it. Okay. John Carpenter wrote the directed the movie and did the music. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, it is Friday the thirteenth. Uh, that does. I've known some people in my life that actually freaked them out. Uh, but we're going to have a special guest on the show later on tonight, uh, George Gamelch, who's an anthropology professor. Now, what's this guy doing on a sports show, you may ask? Well, he studies superstition in sports, and he used to play minor league baseball in the Detroit Tigers system. And he's going to tell us a little bit about superstition in sports, why they exist, what are some of the weird ones, when do they go too far. And uh, you can text 630-630. When it comes to sports... Not your, not your real life. When it comes to sports playing or viewing, what superstitions do you have? And you probably know they're maybe irrational or aren't really affecting the game, but what superstitions do you have? You can text 630-630. Is this, is this Halloween? This is Halloween. Is that what you were doing? I thought that's what you were doing. No, I was doing... Oh, you were doing that. I was doing from Friday the 13th. Okay. <laughs> well, you could play that, too. All I right. love this poster. Halloween, the night he came home. Ooh. All right. So the uh, highest paid player in the National Hockey League is Connor McDavid. He did skate today with your Edmonton Oilers as we thought he would. Full participant in the first of two sessions for the Oilers at uh, Rogers Place. Well, you know what? McDavid d- doesn't say a lot. And so to give all the uh, proper context to the clips and the questions, I'll just play his uh, entire media scrum today. It, it did not 
last long. Here it is. Yeah, it was fun. Um, you know, good to get out there as a group. Obviously, like I said yesterday, lots of lots of new faces, management coaches, uh, players. Um, there's lots of new stuff going on, so it's fun to get out there for the first time. Yeah, for you, you were out there in a, in a regular jersey. Just maybe take us through how you feel, and it, and it appears you cleared for contact to a certain degree. Uh, yeah, I feel good. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Um, Contact-wise, uh, I don't know. You gotta ask the docs. There's just lots of stuff. I don't, I don't even really know. So. But it's positive that I mean you were able to take part in pretty much everything that happened out there. Yep. No limitations at all. No, I feel pretty good. Was there any ever doubt in your mind that you would get cleared to play yesterday? Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it was a complicated summer. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, lots of different opinions. So uh, there was times where it was definitely in doubt. Um, you know, but uh, as right now, it's good. You're happy with where things are at in this process? Yes. He's happy. He's happy. He feels good. There are no limitations. So that's all good. Uh, I mean, look, in my mind, it's it would be highly unlikely if he doesn't play in the season opener. But they're, uh, they're being careful as we move through training camp in the preseason. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Connor McDavid's fine out there. He's, he's uh, did all the drills. He was, uh, after some conversations yesterday, it, uh, a lot of the drills are the same stuff he's been doing for the last few days, so he jumped in. Uh, still not, we're not going to throw him in any games anytime soon here. We're going to see how it goes for a few days, but he, uh, it was a pretty hard practice, pretty intense practice. He went through it. He's fine. Well, what about, uh, what about contact though? Is he cleared to take contact? Well, the drills, there's contact in him and he was out there. So he's, he wanted no part of wearing another Jersey. So he's out there to play, but there's just, there's difference between practice and playing in a game playing against an opponent and that's what we're going to be careful of all right uh that that's what they've been saying this has been talked about a lot mcdavid seems fine they'll be they'll be cautious they don't want anything to happen to him but uh, he was out there and looked normal looked fine as uh, the Oilers skated this morning couple of groups you had mcdavid with dry and cassian and we, we kind of expected that. Cassie had played about the second half of the season last year on the top line, and Dave Tippett, why he's keeping rolling with that. That's one of those moving parts ones. We'll find, try to find the right part. I like what he did near the end of the year, you know, when he was the last month or so when he was playing with, with Connor and Leon. He, he had some pretty strong games. This is a big year for Zach. He's got a lot on the line. He's a very motivated guy. If... You know, he's a he's a player who comes in and has a has a good year. He's an unrestricted free agent, so he's uh, that's a spot that if you were a right winger and you your contract was up at the end of the year and you had a chance to play in that spot, I would be showing up every day to work and doing what I can to stay there. Right? Yeah, and Tippett has has made that observation before. Cassian in the final year of his contract, so if he has a big year. Maybe he can maybe he can cash in. So he was with Dry Settle and McDavid. I, I won't give all the lines for training camp, uh, but we also had in the, in the same group as McDavid. We had Riley Shane between Jujar Kara and Josh Archibald. You'll hear from Josh Archibald a little bit later on tonight. Uh, and then you had Nugent Hopkins with Gagne and Neal. You had Cooper Marodi 
between Thomas Yurko and Alex Chason. So that was interesting to me. You had uh, Colby Cave between Joachim Niegaard and Patrick Russell. Gaetan Haas was centering Marcus Granlund and Cam Hebig. So kind of some mixing there. Guys competing for those bottom six spots. Players who you might thought would maybe more likely to be uh, in the minors appear to be elevated a little bit. You had Joe Gambardella playing with Josh Curry and uh, and Brad Malone. So the, the top two lines, certainly f- five of the six players, I would have expected to be in those spots. I, I, I got it, and I know it's been talked about, but I, I still thought Alex Chason would get that first look up there with Nugent Hopkins. Sam Gagne was there today. Nugent Hopkins between Neil and Gagne. Now, the advantage here for Gagne is that he has played with Dave Tippett before. They, they know each other. There's probably some trust there. And, uh, you know, Chason's going to be interesting. 17 goals in the first half of last season and then just five in the second half. So maybe that's what Tippett is thinking, not putting Chason a little higher in the lineup here to start. But here's what Tippett had to say about Neil Nugent Hopkins, Gagne. Well, Nugent and Neil, we've talked about as a pair. We're at other spot. Gags is a veteran guy, a guy who can make plays. So uh, I know Gags well. I want to throw him there. We'll give him a shot. But there'll be some other guys get a shot there too through through uh, uh, preseason here. And uh, that's a spot we're looking to we're looking to find a player to fill that. All right, so probably some rotation there. And, and like I said, I, I've Gagne probably getting a first look because he has some familiarity with Dave Tippett. Alex Chason, meanwhile, this is a different experience for him. He comes into training camp actually having a contract. He's not on a professional tryout like he was for the last couple of years. That feels good uh, to come in here in an environment that uh, I feel comfortable uh, knowing the staff the players um obviously there's new coaches and all that but um just coming into a city where i'm familiar with um that's uh that's a weight off my shoulder uh number one uh, i think number two is um what i had to deal with the last two or three years um I needed an edge in my game in camp. I didn't have a choice. Uh, I didn't know where I was going to be. Uh, I, mean, I think that's helped me out a lot in my career, and that's something I don't want to lose. Um, I, I think that goes hand in hand, yes. Being more comfortable, uh, feeling like uh, I can help the team moving forward. Um, I'm assuming that's the reason why they decided to bring me back as well. Uh, but at the same time, I think for me personally is to push myself to, to compete at a higher level. And um, I think that's what helped me in my career, um, helped me stick around the NHL. And um, I want to make sure that that's a key part of my game. Is that a new kind of challenge for you now? For your whole career, you've been a show-me player. In other words, okay, Alex, show me. Yeah. Now he scored 22 last year, and there are people out there saying, all right, let's see him do it again. Yeah. Is that also in the back of your mind, knowing there's a different set of expectations for you? Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that's what you want as a yeah. player, and I think that's what's been driving me uh, a lot all summer is, okay, I, I set an expectation. I set the bar for myself last year. Now, what can I do now moving forward? What else can I bring to the team? Uh, how can I affect or improve the team or help the team in the locker room? Those are all things 
that are challenging me and um, I take pride in that stuff. Uh, I take a lot of pride in that. I think uh, um, you need guys like that in the locker room to have success and day one is, 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 is done now but um, to get gang, uh, camp going and get to know some of the new guys and all that. Uh, I've been in that position on the other side and it's so important to um, have a good team, a good group of guys, which we do. I, I think uh, um, that gets forgotten a little bit is how, how good of a group we have. And um, we're working on system right right away, uh, some stuff that we got to get better. And um, it's a day at a time. Uh, you can't look up in towards January or February. Uh, the league's too good. You got to improve every day. And that's what we did today. And we do the same tomorrow. As a veteran player, it's you know a given that you've played for a number of different coaches i know it's day one do you have any initial feel on tip from a veteran player's perspective structure um right away you can tell from uh, uh, the talk we had as a as a as a group last night and the video we had this morning and the practice we did um that's I mean, everyone knows that's one thing we got to get better uh, at. And um, I think over my career, I, this is my eight years, the first day of camp that I've worked that much system. Usually it's kind of just a practice, get things going and stuff. Uh, he came in right away, made an impact. This is what we get better. And day one, this is what we did. Interesting comment there from Alex Chason. This is the first time on the first day of his eight training camps where he has worked so much on system play and Dave Tippett has stressed it over and over again have to cut down on the goals against have to cut down on the goals against that's the only way to get into the playoffs Tippett was asked what kind of tone do you want to set here at camp intensity and work ethic on going attacking and defending five up five back just about every drill was like that the defenseman got a good dose of it today real good dose of it all right, that's Dave Tippett, and he's talked about uh, attacking and defending as a five-man unit as well. Speaking of the D, no Chris Russell. We'll get into that a little bit uh, in terms of goaltenders. No Mike Smith. You'll hear from Tippett himself on those details. We also have Josh Archibald, and Jack Michaels is going to hop on too. Oilers training camp updates all throughout the show. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Cooper song? It is. It's from a Friday the 13th movie. Pick which one. I don't know. Jason Takes Manhattan. Part 6. Okay. <laughs> I can't Give me text again. Not only is it Friday the 13th, it's also a full moon. Uh-oh. All right. Uh, no Chris Russell today. No Mike Smith. Here's Mike why. Mike Smith has the flu. Has had the flu for a couple days. Has didn't miss or missed our meeting last night, and just is kind of bedridden for a few days here. And Chris Russell had a collision. Uh, the last captain's practice there just bumped into each other, and he uh, wasn't feeling great after that. So we're gonna, just because of the time of year, we're going to put him in concussion protocol, and he's going to go the six or seven days before we put him to work. He says he feels fine, but we're just we want to be sure on that one. 
All right, so won't see Chris Russell skating for a while. Mike Smith getting over the flu. A whole bunch more from uh, Tippett. You'll hear from Josh Archibald. Jack Michaels is going to pop on. We'll go to Vancouver for an update on some of their storylines. The Oilers play the Canucks twice next week in preseason action. I can also let you know that the Winnipeg Jets have granted Dustin Bufflin a leave of absence. There's no timeline for his return. Head coach Paul Maurice says there's nothing sinister to this, and uh, Bufflin needs some privacy here. Golden Bears football in action tonight at Foot Field against Manitoba. That game will start at 7. Golden Bears sitting at 1-1. One one. We'll update you once it gets underway. The Edmonton Wildcats, Prairie Junior Football Conference, have a bye. The Edmonton Huskies, though, host the Winnipeg Rifles Sunday at 1 at Clark Stadium. The Huskies are 2-1 and one on the season. You can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. My name is Reed Wilkins. We're li- you're listening to Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Back after the news. Now there's some classic Def Leppard for a Friday night. 3-0 Blue Jays leading the Yankees. That game is in the top of the fifth. Tomorrow is Oilers Fan Day at Rogers Place. 11 a.m. for public access. They will practice at noon. It is slated to be Connor McDavid's group practicing at noon. A uh, hot stove interview with Alex Chason and Caleb Jones from 11.30 to 11.50. Hot stove interview with Oilers alum Dwayne Rolison from 1.30 to 2. We had Dwayne on the show last night. From 2 to 3, Rolison will be having an autograph session. There's going to be uh, a hockey zone. You can test your skills there. You can meet the mascot Hunter in the kids zone. I've never actually ever met Hunter. He likes hugs, apparently. You will be. Uh, you, you can browse game-worn journeys, jerseys from various eras in Oilers history. You can shop Oilers' new and game-used equipment at a mini locker room sale. You can place pre-orders for the new Oilers' third jersey and shop for third jersey merchandise. I've saved this other one for the last, for the for the end. I just love how it's worded. You can view legendary Oilers artifacts on display. The Oilers have been a team since, what, 1972 in the WHA? It's just the word artifact makes me think, like, like if someone was going to tell me you can view a hockey artifact, I would think, well, that's the first puck ever used. That's like some kind of round-shaped, petrified wood that they played the first hockey game with. Have, Have the Oilers been around? I mean, I ain't no archaeologist. I'm no Indiana Jones. But the word artifact makes me think of something that's been around longer than the Edmonton Oilers. I I don't know. I'll have to go view this. I'll be there tomorrow. You don't know. Somebody could have, you know, bought a seat from old uh, Rexall Place, the Coliseum, and took the cushions off of it, and it could be what was in uh, underneath the cushions in that. Again, is that that you qualify as an artifact? No, but... I'm going to Google artifact meaning right now. <laughs> the Twitter chatter about that and some of the stuff that some of the people who have bought seats from uh, the Coliseum Rexall place and what they're finding when... Because they... Well, no, I guess, I guess the Oilers do the have cur- artifacts. Off to clean it, right? but, an artifact is an <laughs> object made by a human being, typically an item of cultural or historical interest. 
It could also mean something observed in a scientific investigation or experiment that is not naturally present but occurs as a result of the preparative or investigative procedure. Probably hmm. the first meaning of ours. Okay, so an artifact does not have any specific uh, time frame attached to it. There you it is go. anything of cultural or historical interest. So the Oilers would have plenty of artifacts. Oh, absolutely. Because a lot of Oilers-related items would be of cultural or historical interest to people in this market. So there we go. I learned something on the fly on Inside Sports. Uh, Brian says, is Hunter a he or a she? Brian, never text the show again. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Some questions just don't need to be answered. All right. You can text 630-630, including you, Brian. Uh, the Yankees here are getting something going against the Blue Jays now 3-2. Uh, they have two on with nobody out in the top of the fifth. Blue Jays lead it 3-2. But that is fan day tomorrow. Maybe I'll see you there for the, uh, for the noon practice. Maybe we'll, we'll look at some artifacts together. Talking a little bit about the Oilers forwards in the last half hour of the show. Again, some lines of note. McDavid was between Dreisaitl and Cassian. Sheehan with Kara and Archibald. You had Neil, Nugent Hopkins, and Gagne together. Marodi, Yurko, and Chason were a line. Haas with Granlin and Hebig Cave with Negard and uh, Russell. We'll see if they stick with those. Well, they'll probably stick with them tomorrow and then maybe shuffle around when we get into games on Monday. We'll have that Oilers first preseason game for you from Rogers Place on Monday. It's on 6.30, Chad, 5.30 face-off show, game at 7. On defense, we uh, had the clip there, no Chris Russell going through the concussion protocol. He was involved in a collision uh, at the captain's skate, uh, I believe that was on Tuesday. I didn't see the collision, but I did see him kind of being attended to and uh, and walking a little bit slowly off the ice. So they'll keep him in the concussion protocol just to be safe. So his group only had only had seven defensemen. So there was a lot of rotating, but generally when a drill started, Oscar Kleffbaum was paired with Joel Pearson, the, the defenseman who's come over from, from Sweden here and I think is, is going to have a shot to make the team. Tippett was asked, how do you evaluate Pearson? First part of it is you play the heck out of him. <laughs> you give him lots of opportunity, right? And that's, uh, we've talked to him about that. We're going to give him lots of opportunity. If you look at him, he's a real smart player. Goes back, makes good plays out of his own end, finds the middle guy a lot. The, the biggest adjustment for him is going to be the size of the rink. He's never played a lot in a North American rink. Uh, things happen quick. Players are on you very quick. So those are those are adjustments he's going to have to make. And and watching him this morning, there was he he worked hard this morning. Every every race that he went back for a puck on the big ice. A lot of times you got more room. You can kind of saunter back there. There's no sauntering here. <laughs> it's uh, he's got to get back hard for it. So he. Uh, you know, he got a good workload today. That group only had 7D on it, and we were running a lot of a lot of drills that we're using four at a time, so some guys had to double up with the other one. He got a lot of work today, but you can see his skill set. Um, he's like about seven or eight other players on our team. We're going to play the heck out of him in training camp and see where it goes. Yeah, play the heck out of him, and, and Tippett referenced that too in the competition for the bottom six, that those players might get four, five, six games. So I think we're going to be uh, going with the... A lot of rosters that will address the Oilers' uncertainties as opposed to ones that will confirm their certainties as we move into the preseason. Uh, Dan texting in, hey, Reed, just curious, would Brian Hall be considered a 630 Chet artifact? And then he says, I couldn't resist. I love Halsey. 
I love Halsey as well. I don't know if he would qualify for an artifact. Uh, an art. Well, it's again I, the definition of an artifact: an object made by a human being. Technically, we're all made by human beings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one, Dan. I'm, I'm sure some of. Uh, by the way, Halsey's. Okay, here's the thing: the building here. Everybody's workspace collectively. Ched, Global News Radio 880. Kissing Country 103.9. What's it called now? The, the, the Moose? Is that the station? The other station, 92.5? The Chuck. The Ch okay. All that, 30% of the building. Brian Hall's office, 70% of the building. Oh, legit. Absolutely. That's got a huge office. Uh, hey, Reed, I read somewhere that the first hockey pucks were made by gluing two cow kneecaps together. Just some information. Well, that is just some information, and I appreciate that. I, I didn't know anybody, that that would be an artifact. I don't think anybody that, would be that, blocking that. That would be an artifact. All right. Uh, Josh Archibald. Interesting story. Dad played in the NHL, had a really interesting day with the Stanley Cup after winning it with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I was talking about that today and getting to be an oiler, first day of camp. I think it's a relief to finally be on the ice. You know, it's a, it's a big buildup, but once the day's finally here, there's lots of excitement, lots of buzz, and, uh, you know, looking forward to everything coming forward. You're the son of a, a former NHL player. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you know about your, your dad's career, any old tape you might have seen, and then that relationship. Yeah, I think it was, it was a brief career due to injury. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, everything that I've heard, uh, the stories I've heard, even from him and family and stuff, you know, he was he was small in stature, kind of like me, but he was a tough guy. You know, he didn't take anything from anyone, and that's kind of where I where I get my grit from. But, you know, also he, he scored 36 goals when he was in college, so, I mean, he could put the puck in the net. People people uh, said one, one time he was either in the penalty box or he was scoring goals, so it was either or. And he coached you a bit though, when you were younger, didn't he? Yeah, he pretty much coached me uh, my entire life until college, so, you know, I got a lot of my knowledge and my, my playing games from him, so. So it's, uh, it's been a great ride so far. I believe you might hold the distinction for one of the most unusual items to be put in the Stanley Cup. Can you tell us about the, the baptism? Yeah. So we had, uh, my son was born in early August, the, the summer after we won the Stanley Cup with Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, we just thought everybody was going to be there already and we wanted to baptize our son, so why not do it the day of the Stanley Cup? And then, you know, my wife kind of threw it out there, why not do it in the Stanley Cup? So, you know, we were fortunate enough to be able to do that. And, you know, he's kind of got bragging rights over his little sister right now, but it was, it was a really fun day. Now, did you have to ask permission, make sure it was okay? I know the Cup's had a lot of weird things in it or happened to it, but did you have to get clearance? It was probably one of the cleanest things that's ever been in the Cup, but uh, yeah, we definitely uh, definitely asked permission first, just wanted to make sure it was okay, and I got the okay, so. All right, and, and you're rolling in here, uh, you know, obviously at, at 12 goals last year on a, on a Coyotes team that, that really spread it around, and this is something this, this team needs to. Yeah, I think uh, just, you know, adding some depth to our, our, our top, top six forwards and being able to score all around, um, but also being able to come in here and play a good, sound defensive game. And, you know, uh, if I get thrown out on the penalty kill, be able to help the penalty kill in any way and, you know, just do whatever's asked of me. Well, and the, the PK, as you know, was has been tough for this team. I mean, second last in the league last year, struggled the year before as well. What's your key to being a good penalty killer? 
I think just trust. Um, you know, you got to trust everybody that's out on the ice. You know, you can't be looking to do your job and somebody else's job because then you're not doing it to the, the full extent. So, I mean, you just got to trust your own your players out there and, you know, do your job and trust that they'll do your, theirs. Josh Archibald, that Coyotes team, a lot of guys with 10 or more goals last season. He got to 12. Uh, Archibald, not a big guy, but I think he can add some energy, maybe a little bit of finish. Hopefully he can get to double digits. He, he might be a, a bit of a dark horse for me to maybe get up into the high teens in goals. I think there's something there with him, and uh, obviously he's looking to help the Oilers penalty kill. We're coming up to quarter to seven. We'll check in with Jack Michaels when we get back. Well, the Yankees still batting in the top of the fifth. They have now tied it at three against the Blue Jays. U of A Golden Bears football kicking off at the top of the hour as they host Manitoba. Welcome back to the show, my good buddy, the play-by-play voice of your Edmonton Oilers, Jack Michaels. Jack, how are you doing? I'm fired up, Reed. We're getting close. I got to give you credit. You were the first member of the media in the seats today at Rogers Place for the first on-ice session. You are ready to go. You're not just talking the talk. You are walking the walk or sitting the sit. Yeah, I'm usually more of a middle-of-the-pack guy, but for whatever reason, I was energized this morning. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, the Oilers energized to get going. Connor McDavid energized. Um, I mean, Tippett says he's, he's, he's fine. He says there's contact in the drills, and he was in the drills. Though, though they did say... He, he won't play any of the games next week. I, I mean, I'm starting to wonder, is the Connor McDavid injury watch, so to speak, slowly becoming a, a non-story through all this? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it. I, if I read between the lines, I'm thinking there's no way the Oilers are playing Connor McDavid in our preseason game. But it's better than 50-50 he's going to be ready for opening night. Why would you play him in a preseason game? What would be the point? You've got a little break between the end of the preseason and the start of the regular season. Give him an extra four or five days. I mean, you know, if guys like Tom Brady and Drew Brees can play a handful of snaps or no snaps in the National Football League preseason, what are teams doing Playing Crosby, McDavid, Patrick Kane, those type of players in the NHL preseason. I mean, unless your star player feels like he needs a game, I don't care if he's 100% healthy. If it were my team, I'd be tempted not to play him at all. Well, and it's a part of a larger discussion about how much do you want to play? Should the vets and the stars sort of have input on their own schedules? And I mean, David said he'd like to play two, three, maybe four, but I mean, he obviously isn't going to play that many, but he his, his mobility doesn't appear to be hampered. We'll see how he progresses here and, and stays on the and ice through training already, camp. they do already, Reed. I mean, trust me, like, if he was 100% healthy, I absolutely do believe Connor McDavid could basically you know, go to Dave Tippett and say, look, I'd like to play three games. You know, I don't really care which they are. And I think in today's day and age, the modern coach would probably accommodate that. So, but this is not a case where I think the doctors 
while clearing him for contact, obviously there's somewhat of a concern. So why not err on the safe side and make sure your franchise player is ready for the when the games really count? I mean, the preseason is meaningful, but it's not that meaningful for guys that wear 97, 87, 88, 71. Those are guys that don't really need the NHL preseason to be ready to compete at a world-class level. They arrive camp ready to go. This is not 1956 where they're sweating themselves into shape. Well said. Well said. I, I think that the most interesting part of training camp for me will be watching that group of almost up to a dozen players, if you really liberally include some guys who spent most of last year in the AHL, competing for spots on lines three and four. Well, Tippett said he's not going to really have lines three and four. He'll have a bottom six of of, a, of lines and forwards. But uh, I, I was a little surprised today. He said at least to start Sam Gagne is getting a look up there with Neil and Nugent Hopkins. You know, I, I kind of had Chase on penciled in there, but I got the impression from Tippett's clip today, Jack, that there, there could be a few guys rotating through that spot in the preseason. Absolutely. I mean, for me, Reed, you've got five forwards and maybe five defense set. And forwards one through five are McDavid, Dreisaitl, Cassian, Nugent Hopkins, Neal. Outside of that, you could come up with as many combinations as the 1979 Pirates wore on the way to the World Series. I mean, it, it could be anything. And on defense, you've got a guy like Evan Bouchard who needs to be the sixth at a bare minimum to make the team. They're not going to keep him as an extra guy. So I really look at maybe as many as seven guys competing for the two D spots outside of Nurse, Larson, Russell, Benning, Blackbaugh. I think there's seven guys. I mean, I think there's Bear, there's Jones, there's Person, there's Lagason, there's Bouchard, there's Brandon Manning. I mean, Dave Tippett went out of his way to say, hey, let's not throw dirt on his coffin just yet. And you know what? Manning fits the ideal profile for a number seven defenseman. He's played in the league. He's been in and out of the lineup. And his game does not deviate much from game to game. Jack Michaels, play-by-play voice for the Edmonton Oilers on the Oilers Radio Network and 630 Chet, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. He's busy next week. We're going to have four game broadcasts as the Oilers roll into the preseason. Winnipeg, Vancouver, Monday, Tuesday, and then Vancouver, Calgary, coming up on Thursday, Friday. And uh, we'll see how they deploy the goalies in those, and we'll see if Mike Smith is healthy. That's another thing to note here. He has the flu and is, uh, is staying away from the team for a little while. Well, and, you know, you've got Smith with the flu, and that allows Dave Tippett basically the opportunity to get the young guys in first part of the week. And that's what he wanted to do anyway. He wants to give Smith and Koskinen somewhere between two and three games each in the preseason. Now, that sounds like a lot when you're talking about seven. But if you play the young guys the first two, now you're down to five. And maybe you play your number three, one of those five, and give your starters two each. In any event, 
The thought process being that with the back-to-back scheduled for Monday and Tuesday of next week, I'm going to go ahead and say Smith isn't going to play either one of those first two. But I do think he could be ready by a week from today, you know, in terms of getting the fluids back in and being ready to roll. So I think the second of the back-to-backs next week, I would expect to see Koskinen and Smith back-to-back because that's where Tippett wants to be. He's not going to mess around with a bunch of goalies or, for that matter, a ton of extra players beyond the first few days of camp. In talking with the players today, Reed, they were impressed by one thing, how quickly Tippett was ready to get down to business, get the structure and systems in place that he wants to roll with opening night. That tells you a number of things, but first and foremost for me, it tells me he plans to pare the roster down to a more manageable number sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, I got you there, Jack, for sure. Hey, man, thanks for checking in. Always great to see you around the rink. Going to be seeing a lot of each other here in the months to come. Always love it, buddy. Thanks for your time. Did I maintain the energy, Reed? I mean, do I sound intense, ready to go? I, I, I think you need a little bit of uh, you need a little bit of tweaking during the preseason, but that's why it's there, Jack. That's specifically why it's there. Reed, I can't wait to get back on the air with you and Bob. Cheers. Yeah, right on, Jack. Thanks for coming on tonight. Play-by-play voice of your Oilers here on 6.30. Chad, Jack Michaels. Boy, the Yankees are still batting in the fifth inning. They're now up 5-3 with two out. It's Friday the 13th. I got an incredible text message about superstition. I I said you could text in a, a story about superstition from you playing or watching sports. Jared has aced this assignment. We'll get to his text after the 7 o'clock news. And we're going to have uh, someone talking about superstitions in sports before 8 o'clock as well. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.